<laughs> that will never happen. I'd shave my head if that happened. You are now listening to the Football Conversion Podcast with Sean Crosby and Liam Turner. So welcome back. Yeah, you did it! Well, we made it. We finally... I'm amazed we have a second episode, to be honest. Um, we're back. This is the Football Conversion, the most informed and uninformed football show this side of the border. Uh, That'll be good on so... <laughs> Yes, the upcoming merch after two episodes. This is the show where I try and convert Liam into becoming a fully-fledged football fan. Hopefully by the end of this, he is decked out in um, Stony Island. And it was an f- absolute hooligan by the end of this. Lovely. So you'd like to be back. Uh, wonderful. Uh, I have a lot to talk about, a lot of thoughts, a lot of opinions. Yeah, we we picked an absolute classic of a game to watch. <laughs> so I guess we should get going on to what happened on the pitch. Um, so this week's... I feel like I'm a teacher giving homework <laughs> half the time. Like, so this, this week... <laughs> this week's assignment was Manchester United versus Chelsea. It finished nil-nil, unfortunately. As far as nil-nils go, I've seen far worse in my life. But um, as you, as your first ever scoreless draw, what did you make of it? It was so limp. It was such a limp match. There was nothing happening. And then the only goal that maybe could have happened was scored by nearly scored by the goalie. Into his own goal. So um, it's actually quite impressive. Like he didn't look and just went to like I was pinpoint. That was just the wrong side of the post. Oh, we will talk about Mendy later. Um because he went from being the shittest player in the game to the best player in the game, in my personal opinion. He did have a storm. Um where do you want to start then? What was uh may as well, you know, uh start from the bottom to the top. As people always do, um, yes. Unless if you're digging a hole, it, it I wouldn't recommend digging up, but that doesn't work. No, it doesn't. You kind of get the all the muck comes down on you. That doesn't really work. Um, can you tell why I wasn't popular with the soccer lads? That's <laughs> my. Can I tell you a pun about this match? I can't believe you did debating in school because you really struggled to get to the point. Oh, that was the thing. You know, you'd have about four minutes of a debate and um, just kind of stretch out one point or one sentence and just stretch it out. Like, we'll get to it eventually. We'll, we'll get to... Yeah, let's, um, let's just take our time. Let's just have a casual conversation before we get into the football. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's This is what it is, Sean. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> wasn't the best game to watch. The arguments were dominated all by Chelsea, and you struggled. I was texting you through this. You struggled to see this. Um, Chelsea, yeah, yeah, in the, in the early minutes, because we were texting during it, and you thought the United had been all over them. It was probably because um, I knew United from the previous match, from PSG's match, so I was looking at them more. Uh, and Juan Pasaka was on top form. Oh my god, especially he has been in incredible form since this scandal. <laughs> oh my god, it has turned his his career around. Now, while he was on top form, the one person I 
realised was not on top form and he was a new player. I didn't recognise him last match. Shaw. He should be brought back outside and shot. He is atrocious. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's a bit strong. Uh, no, yeah, Luke Shaw was quite poor. What, what, did you, what did you not like about his performance? Well, it was just a bit like... He does. I know this sounds bad, but when you're looking at a, a, a field full of athletes, Are all in the body field. shame. <laughs> what a wonderful start to the first podcast. But like, you look at all of them, and like Marcus Rashford, and who we'll get to, uh, he's basically the baby of today's show. And then you have everyone walking, and then Luke Shaw just trudges along, and like he doesn't look. He looks tired. Which is the worst thing. And like, I, I, I want there to be a drinking game. Take how many shot, take a shot each time Lee mentions cross country. Because like, you'd notice the more races you do, the, you'd notice the people that are just, you should have stayed at home. Yeah. Like, he, he, he looked exhausted. No, he does. He does look overweight, particularly for a professional footballer. Damien, he had two years ago. A very bad leg leg break, and I don't think he's been the same since, really. But there's one thing though, there's like one thing you could say about his physical features, but then there's the, also the fact that his ability to play football has also suffered. Like he isn't a good player either at the moment. He doesn't play like. Uh, why do you reckon he's kept on then? They don't have any left back other than Tellez, who started against PSG, but he's not probably not fully fit yet. But that's why they bought Tellez, because they had problems at left-back. Because Luke Shaw, he's injury-prone. And then his positioning at times is leaves a lot to be desired. And then for the way the United play, because um, they play kind of quite high. The, defend, the four defenders play quite high up the pitch. Uh, and so that demands quite a lot of fitness. That's something he just doesn't have. So do you reckon Luke Shaw's time is numbered, that, numbered then? Oh, yeah, he'll be the number two, could possibly become the number three choice left back because there is a young guy there, Brandon Williams, who can play left back. He came to the academy. The only issue with him is that he's right-footed. Right. But he's playing on the left side, which kind of... Well, if you think about it, if he's playing, especially as a defender, if he's on the left, the ball's coming down that line to his left foot. He's not as capable with his left foot as he is with his right. All right, okay. This actually, I've this is what this that's is that a new concept to you? Uh, feet, yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yes, I've never looked down past my waist in my life. Um, I've only managed hands, and now (laughs) I'm I'm trying to bang of knees. Uh, (laughs) No, the idea of being like a certain foot, like in the same way that you are a certain hand. No, it wouldn't have struck me. Um, because, yet again, cross-country, don't really need talent when it comes to... You just need to have feet. Yeah. It doesn't, like... You don't have to be particularly skilled. That actually makes sense, though. What you say, if he's on the left side and he's right-footed. Yeah, you get caught out badly. That's why they signed to less, because they need a left-back who's left-footed and you know capable of playing football. Wow, so it's really luck in this kind of thing. What do you mean? Like, it's lucky that Tellez is left-footed. I guess so. I mean, you can train to be, like, to develop being, like, both-footed. 
but no, you are generally born with more of this one dominance. So I guess, yeah, you know, 50 50. Wow. Left foot players tend to be more expensive as well, actually. It's a strange thing in football. There was actually, talking of expensive players, there was a character, not a character. <laughs> I've turned these men, <laughs> turned these men into fiction. What I loved about uh, how you thought United were better because you're like, oh, I remembered them from the last game. They're in the last episode. <laughs> They're in the last episode, yeah. Uh, who was it mentioned? I think it was... Uh, What's the name of the manager? What's his name? United's manager. Yeah. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, right? Yeah. Good. Just call her um, Oli if you want. Well, he was asked, do you know how at the end of uh, of matches they have that like big sheet and the manager stands in front of the big sheet? A post-match interview, yeah. Yeah, but they're like, so what did you think of that? Well, they kicked the ball and then they uh, kicked it some more. Yes. And then occasionally they'd kick it into a net and then like what are you meant to say <laughs> they didn't on Sunday Saturday not in this game but they asked him uh, so Donny van der Beek yes. who played in PSG's last match for like five minutes or something yeah, if I remember that. very little game time he's been signed for 40 million mm-hmm. and he's only been played barely and Oli said don't worry about it how do you think lads like van der Beek feel when they see Shaw playing, and they are, do they care if they can pay well, if they get paid forty million? Do they care? Does it matter? Uh, well, the thing with Shaw is they're different positions. So like Donny Van de Beek plays in center, cent- the center midfield. He's not going to be playing yeah. on the back. But um, no, if I was Donny Van de Beek, I'd feel cheated out of it. To be honest, I am um, like he should be playing far more. I don't think Solskjaer wanted him. Right. But it's a whole other thing. It's actually, we should do it for an episode, particularly with United, because they're an absolute shit show. But they're, when it comes to like United transfers, it's it's a complete mess. And I think that they'd only... Yeah, they, have they signed? No, they hadn't signed anyone, actually, for a good while in this transfer window. Because you have a certain period of time, generally over the summer, it's like three months. And that's a... That's, those three months are when teams are allowed sign players. Right. Um, so during that, it was like longer this year, obviously, because COVID. But during this stretch, like United hadn't signed anyone for ages. And I think it was pure panic buy because they felt the pressure that they had to buy someone. Because why oh. else would you buy? Like he's a talented footballer. And so like, why you buy someone of that quality for 40 million and then just not use him? I think Solskjaer didn't want them. Right. And it's almost, it's kind of, it's, it's a bit fucked up as well. I think, like, this is just speculating, but it's not uncommon. Solskjaer almost maybe purpose, purposely not playing him is almost like him flipping the finger to the board for buying the flare. And so the kind of, like, footballers, the players are, like, chess pieces. And they... Right, yeah for that and that's why that's what I think is going on I don't think Solskjaer wants him so that's why he's never that's why, that's why he's never been played yeah he gets such little game time he just won't play him I reckon he doesn't want him maybe maybe he just doesn't feel like he's ready to start yet but looking at that Man United midfield he's a far better footballer than McTominay and Fred who are in there we'll come back to McTominay in a second but Solskjaer said he said don't worry about Van der Beek he will be played yeah but he has to say that yeah, I suppose he did. He and didn't he say. Yeah, I he, can't, 
Yeah, you can't come out and be like, you know, this this geezer's never playing for this club ever. But yeah, he's, I find that interesting. He's done that as well. With there's been cover. Well, I don't know. Like I'm again speculating cover ups for um. Do you remember Mason Greenwood I told you about last week? He's someone we're coming on to now. I want to talk about him. Uh, he's been like he should be starting. Absolutely. They started uh, Dan James at right mid. This small. Yes, he was number twenty-one. Yeah, small as well. Sky hasn't hasn't scored in his last thirty-one games. Uh, Dan James is not a footballer. He's a sprinter. That's it. He is not like he's just pure pace. He's nothing. He shouldn't be playing for Man United. There was um, he shouldn't. Maybe he's just having a bad thirty-one games. You know, you know, you know yourself when you're having a bad game. Oh yeah, thirty-one. <laughs> he's also nowhere close to Greenwood. But there's there's there was um speculation in the papers. But this is a problem, with, especially like it's coming from like places like Daily Mail and the Sun. But they were saying that apparently Greenwood has been warned by Man United for his bad behaviour because he's apparently showing up late to training and stuff like this. And so oh. then this this week, or like in the lead up to the match, Solskjaer said, No, he's not. That's not happened. He's like, he's ill at the moment, so he got left out of the squad. Quote unquote sick, like. Um, and then that's why he's been left out, coin Solskjaer. But it's kind of it's who do you want to believe is kind of thing, like. Well, Greenwood replaced uh, Scott McTominay in the second half. Uh. And the way that the commentators, I was listening on Sky Sports. Uh, first of all, talking about Sky Sports, much better game to watch, much better atmosphere with the crowd noises. It adds so oh, much. Yeah. It's yeah, oh yeah, that was a game that really needed a crowd as well. It would have changed that game because it would have put more. Like there would have been more. Like obviously, United would have motivated more. It would have been yeah. more tense towards the end. But. Well, they're two big teams. Like I know who. I didn't know who PSG was last week, but I know who Man U and Chelsea are. Hmm. So they come with this sort of prestige. But the way that the commentators were talking about them, sometimes the commentators come across as kind of bitches. <laughs> they were talking about Greenwood and they were like, the price he's on today. You know, what is going on with him? And I'm like, what kind of juice is with fucking Greenwood? What's yeah, he been doing? Because of the training thing. That's why. It's because of all these rumours. Well, also, you were saying last week, in last week's episode, listeners, um, you were saying that he's been a naughty boy. Oh, uh, that was a while ago now. He's Iceland, but it's as well like he's a young. I think I said it last week as well. He's a young English talent who burst onto the scene, kind of now beginning to act out a little bit. And so they built him up to be this hero. But the media needs a villain as well. And so if there's like. If they can sniff around for some kind of dodgy story of him, they'll bring him down. I suppose they'll always do that. Yeah. Um, not for Mr. Rashford, though. Yeah, we will get on to him. Um, other things with the match. Oh, you actually, that was one thing that was really interesting to me when we were watching it, and I, I decided this week we should probably talk during the matches as well to each yeah. other rather than like just complete darkness and then oh let's see what he says um you found i firstly had to explain that the match that we watched first the united psg game is the champions league which is only yes. for, which is for like the best of the best in europe whereas right. what we watched well, it was saturday wasn't 
Yes, yeah. yeah. My, my perception of time is out the window. Um, what we watch on Saturday is the English Premier League. I did diff- differentiate between the two, but also you found the United Chelsea game to be more exciting. But you said at the start you did. <laughs> at the start I did because it was both teams were coming out strong. It was really damn good to watch. Hmm. Um, like it was probably it was because the prestige and I expected it coming from Manu and Chelsea. That was probably it. Hmm. Um, but then, and this was proven by when the statistic went up about action areas, mm-hmm. where sixty nine percent of the ball, sixty nine percent was in the middle, zero percent was in the. Chelsea, Chelsea side or was it Man U side? Can't exactly remember. Zero percent had been in Chelsea's half, so United United had barely attacked. Zero percent was in Man United's half, and thirty-one percent was in. Zero percent um, was in Chelsea's half. Yes, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, listen, I'm bad at maths. I'm bad at football too. You know what's going to happen? But it just showed when I saw sixty-nine percent was up, I realized nothing was happening in this game. It was just. Like tennis. Yeah, but it was like if tennis, if the ball was just in the net for half of the game, it was just wedged there. Um. Yeah. No, it was. It kind of. It did. It did start strong. I know what you mean. But what happened? It's the weather didn't help. It, I don't think. It, like it made it really scrappy. It does come down to like the quality in midfield as well, particularly with United that I found. Like, right? Because you want to talk about McTominay. But the other centre mid, Fred, you know, the small guy beside him. Yes. What's his name? Fred. He's Brazilian. <laughs> and his name is Fred. Well, like, right, his, birth, name? his birth certificate name is probably like a sentence long, but he, they, all the players in Brazil get nicknames because their names generally tend to be quite long. So that he's now Fred. God bless him. Can't pass a ball to save his life, though. Money. It seemed really bizarre whenever you'd watch this match and just say Fred, and I was like, "Who the fuck is Fred?" <laughs> we had gay last week. We should Fred this week. We should keep a rec- you should keep a record of all the absurd names you come across. Yeah, yeah, and they'll mostly be from Man U. <laughs> um, but it was just like so. Explain centre mid to me. How? I don't get it. Explain what that bit of Because like, I heard there was always a midfield, but now there's a centre mid. Is there like a left mid, a right mid? There is. There is. So, okay, we're going to get into this now. Um, football team is lying out in formations. Right. I'm going to explain this to you a long time ago. Um, Listen, Sean. Yeah, of course. So, obviously, as you know, how many players are on a football team? 15. No, no, no. <laughs> it's eleven. Eleven? When? Yeah. What happened to the other four? I don't know. They went to the GAA Liam. or rugby. <laughs> Those are the two sports that have fifteen. Right. Okay. Um. So there's eleven players, and they line them out in a formation because you can't just send the players out, you know, willy nilly, let them run around. So you'll have, you have the one and goal, and then you'll have like United played four at the back. Yeah. So a left back, a right back, and two centre backs. And then what they do is they play, they line out in 
what's they line out in four two three four two three one. So then in front of the four defenders, you have two centre mids, and that's who Fred and McTominay are. Right. And just ahead of them, there's like a more attacking version of that, and that's Fernandez. I know and, him. Yes. And then they have two wingers. That was Dan James and Juan Mata was the other one, the small number eight. Right. So then that's the three. And then the one up front is Marcus Rashford. I know him. Yeah. So that's how they line out. And the centre mid is like you're just in the centre of the pitch and you kind of have to do everything. You fail to defend and then you to be able to like get the ball forward basically. Mm-hmm. With the problem with Fred and McTominay is that they can't. But would you, if, the way you describe it like that, would you not make sure that your best players are then in centre mid? Well, it comes down to it comes down to how they want to play and it comes down to the form of the players because like on paper Paul Pogba and Donny van der Beek should be starting in that centre mid but Paul Pogba is a divisive issue when it comes to my night anyway and then with van der Beek I have my conspiracy theory that Olegos Solskjaer doesn't want him at all um, so then they're kind of left with those two then the thing about McTominay and Fred is that they're quite good physical players, like particularly McTominay, because he's just a massive slab of meat in midfield. Yeah. He's there. To Lovely bring... image there. Hmm? Lovely image of them. Yeah, yes. I want to create a vivid uh, description. Uh, and then Fred is there because he's energetic and he can run up and down the pitch. He's... <laughs> Fred's there because he's just enthusiastic. He loves the game. He loves the game. Fred's like um, Jonah's eighties workout videos and the people in (laughs) like dancing. That's Fred in centre mid, and then he gets the ball and tries to play it twenty yards and puts it for a throw in. Oh, poor Fred! We we were all Fred when we were younger, weren't we? No, I remember when I'd be put on the field and we'd be really enthusiastic, but then just realise the game isn't for me. Game. That's the difference between you and I. That I know when to quit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't live a lie. Um, that is we centre mid. Sorry? Sorry, that's centre mid. Oh, how polite of us to both say no, it's in that. <laughs> um, sorry, you'll speak. Uh, we may as well, if we, uh, if we want to get moving a bit. Who is your man of the match? Um, I saw that you know you gave it to Victor Lindelof. Who was one of the centre backs? Who? Victor Lindelof. He plays centre back. He played centre back. In fairness, he was actually quite solid. I probably would give it to Mendy though, for turning up at the end and coming up with some of the saves for like the only exciting part of the match. Uh, he provided the best and worst moments of the matches for me. Um, for anyone that hadn't seen the match, there were some goals there. Now, some goals Wait. could have been. There was no goals, Liam. Well, okay. Well, oh, nearly goals. chances. Chances. Yeah. Some chances were there that they kind of. It seemed like they were almost kicking it into Mendy's hands. Like there was space in the goal, and yet they just kind of aimed it for Mendy. But they didn't. Yeah, but they didn't mean to aim at Mendy. But you kind of go to do it one way, and then you panic and do another. Yeah, I he suppose. Came, so he came up though with an unreal save for. Rashford's shot towards the end. Was that in 92 minutes or 93 minutes or something like that? It was 
that was the most that was the one exciting point of the match. Uh, we actually didn't touch on what is actually the most controversial part of the match, though. I don't know if you saw this. It was around like thirty nine minutes. It was a ball. Chelsea had a, it was a corner or free kick. Ball was crossed in, and it was clear. And then they went to they showed the replays afterwards, and you could see Harry Maguire with like it had like the Chelsea captain Azpilicueta in a headlock. No. Did you not see see this? No. Yeah, because they reckon it should have been a penalty. Because there's big there's big controversy anyway with the VAR because it's used so inconsistently. But it was a stonewall penalty and he just got away with it completely. Now I heard about the VAR but to be honest I was paying attention to Frank Lampard doing his best Liam Neeson impression. Yeah, we'll go on on to that. that, that Um, No, I didn't see that. Like, it was a stonewall penalty. They didn't even review it. Well, I think, though, people are going to say, oh, if only you got... We would have won if we got that penalty. Bullshit. Bullshit, lads. You wouldn't have won. You had 90 minutes of chances. And you reckon this 30 seconds are going to make you win? Well, no like, way. you got a penalty, scored. And if you want to go, like, oh, no one else scored, then they would have technically won 1-0. But, and it, with the way the game was, it was only ever going to be won by one goal. It wasn't going to be a... An absolute, you know, goal fest. You can kind of tell once it gets into about fifty minutes. You're like, oh, and you can tell with the managers as well because neither Lampard or Solskjaer are particularly fantastic managers. There's no real, like, especially with United. There's no like plan B. It's either if it doesn't go well now, it'll never go. Well, at times, Solskjaer looked like he wanted to kind of curl up into a blanket in the because he never stands. This is what I've noticed. He never stands on the. Field like at least Lampard would stand and he'd talk to the players. With Skullshgard, it seems like it's in. T- he's totally distant from the team. There's no connection there. That's what I was going to ask about. How do you become a manager? Uh, you can do. You get your badges. They're called. So you do courses for this kind of stuff. I tried to do it. I I um was meant to start doing it for Gashka, uh, in Ty, but um, uh, we realized we weren't actually ever going to get our badges. They just wanted us to help out. So, but you get your badges, and that's what a lot of players do towards the end of their career, is they'll start doing these courses. Oh, that's shit, Sean. If only you got that badge, you would have been on that field with Lampard that day. Oh. That's all it takes is being able to coach under sixes, and then there, there you go. I get the why they have former players being managers. You feel safer if it's a... Um... Yeah, but also you want a manager. Like, this is the thing. Just because he played football doesn't mean he can actually... Doesn't mean he understands it. Because there's a lot... It's a very, like... It's a game that is played very much in your head as well. Like, there's all... There's tactics and stuff and you have to understand, like, your opposition. Like, he's not qualified enough for the job. Was Alex Ferguson a player? Did he ever play? Uh, like yeah, for a bit, like he played a bit in Scotland, but he wasn't like massive. And like Solskjaer, right. Solskjaer is a United legend because it's actually I I think for an episode we should watch that match in 1999. United won the Champions League, and Solskjaer scored the winner. And so he's like, right. like he never has to buy a pint again in Manchester, like that kind of thing. It's weird because looking at him now, you wouldn't really think much of him. Well, he has aged. You know. We all do. 
unfortunately. Answer this podcast, because it's now halftime. Welcome to halftime. We've decided we needed seconds. Um, this is a segment where we're going to talk kind of more about the slightly jokier side of it. So, of the match that we watched. This week we decided we'd go with some of the best memes that you've seen about the match. One of the best ones in particular is Frank Lampard and his beanie. And how he looked like... That was... Genuinely, that, that was the first thing I noticed when I sat down to watch the match. Because no manager dresses like that. No, I've never seen a manager wear a beanie. And his jacket was... He was looking pretty slick. Yeah, it was very strange. There was one meme that was a picture of... I actually have forgotten the names. You know the robbers in Home Alone? Yes. Yeah, and the... Uh, the one that's played by um, Joe... Is it Joe Pesci? Joe Pesci. It's yeah. not Marv. It's not... Is it Joe? No, wait. Marv. No, Marv is the other guy. Marv is the guy oh. with the big hair. Yeah. Whoever Joe Pesci's character is, he, yes. he genuinely did look the exact same. Let us know, audience, in the comments below. You need to create this interaction. You need a, a kind of a rapport with the... Yeah. the YouTube video. Well, don't let us know in the comments below, audience. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know, send us mail in our PO box. Uh, <laughs> my other, my other favorite memes have to be uh, Dan James slander. To be honest, because he's just he's I'm fed up with him. I'm really fed up with Dan James <laughs> and seeing him start week in week out. There was something I recall. I uh, so the only thing I ever wrote down about Dan James was. Dan James, in brackets 21, so I'd remember his number, was apparently offside. Yeah, that kind of sums him up, to be honest. All he is is pace. That's all he is. There was one there was one tweet I saw. It was like, um, Dan James should be a CBBC presenter. Yes, <laughs> I saw that too. Like one, doesn't he? he looks like the biggest spice boy going as well. Um, he has lovely hair, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And he was marking... Uh, the Chelsea right back who is called Reese James. And right. there was a meme put up and it was Dan James versus Reese James. And it was these side by side stats of there was obviously some ice hockey player called Michael Jordan. And then they put him his stats beside the Michael Jordan. Yes. And so basketball and Michael Jordan, I right in front of me. Basketball and Michael Jordan has 1072 games. A hockey Michael Jordan has three. Basketball MJ has scored 32,292 points. Hockey MJ has no points. And basketball Michael Jordan has six NBA titles. And the ice hockey player has none. And that sums them up perfectly. Reese James is going places. And he had a, he's a very good footballer. Dan James is a sprinter. Nothing else. Well, you know what? I hope as this podcast goes on, I hope he has a wonderful career and we can oh, laugh. Imagine this is the season. This is his breakout season. 25 goals. Imagine. Yeah, he's going to build it up. I re- he's going to build it up now. <laughs> that will never happen. I'd shave my head if that happened. Well, I'll get the razor. There we go. Because I believe in him. And if, if he doesn't score goals, I'll shave my head. Okay. <laughs> I just know you're going bald this year. <laughs> I need to uh, borrow Frank Lampard's hat. Yeah. Uh, yeah like Keep it warm. Um, did you have any other funny observations? I'm the king of segues. They should call me Paul Blart because um, my meme, oh my, <laughs> my meme, lends into our other segment, 
off the pitch. Uh, my favourite one is Mendy's denied Rashford more times than Barris. Uh, we're gonna have to explain what that means. So I think I think we can wrap up half time there, and I think it's time to move on to off the pitch. Yeah, so here we have our off the pitch, which is uh, you know does what it says on the tin. Here to discuss the kind of the biggest news story that not didn't take place during the match, uh, and that would be the fact that Marcus Rashford is perhaps an angel in disguise. He's going to be a saint when he dies. Uh, uh, he's surrounded by demons, so it doesn't really help. So to recap what exactly he's done, he was an ambassador for, it's a charity called Fair Share. Since March 2020, he's been an ambassador for them. And they have, they kind of, they basically try to feed they try. They're trying to end child poverty because it's a. Bi- I didn't realize it's a big issue in the UK. I didn't either till this. Yeah, near the like, it's a big thing. It's a big thing with um, like they would fund like things like school meals and stuff like that. And so since then, he's become he became an ambassador, and then he's kind of he's gotten way more involved. And so, um, he what what has he done? I wrote down what he did. He oh, because Labour brought an emotion to provide 1.4 million disadvantaged kids with £15 a week uh, for food until Easter 2021. It was rejected by the Commons. And so now he's advocating more and more for this and he's kind of rallied local businesses to get behind this movement. Um, other football other football players got involved as well. One of the Arsenal players, Mesut Ozil, he donated... Did he donate five grand? He's donated to Mark Rashford's cause. Or he's doing... He's doing something of the same kind. And then Leeds United, who are a massive rival of Manchester United, donated £25,000 to Ashford's campaign. So he's an absolute saint. Wow. Uh, I've looked up a bit. I saw Jurgen Klopp. Was it Jurgen Klopp? Jurgen Klopp, yeah. Jurgen Klopp came out and he said, no matter what you think of the teams, what he's doing is amazing. Oh, it is. He's got an MBE from this as well. Yes, that, I was just... Is that one before a knighthood? Uh, I think it's... I know, I for some reason I think OBE. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe it's MBE, because... Oh, wait, no, an OBE is an order of the British Empire, and MBE is the most excellent order of the British Empire. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, stick that in your pipe and smoke it. But he honestly deserves it, because I looked up there... From March until now, he's raised over £20 million to provide food for children nationwide who would have been receiving uh, free school meals had schools been open. Mm-hmm. And his Twitter, I went onto his Twitter and he promoted loads of cafes and individual and local businesses that offered assistance for fair share during this. And these are only a few examples, but he's managed to get... Um, businesses from Belfast, Grimsbury, Bradford, Newcastle, Camden and Reading all involved. And that's just to name a few. He's doing more for poverty than the government is doing at the moment. It's unreal. And um, it's interesting how it kind of goes into the conversation we had last week, kind of looking at all these lads with their scandals and the question of are these role models? And then this is, and I said it last week, I was like, I don't think many of these players really should be. But if there is one, 
that should be a role model. It probably is Marcus Rashford. Yeah, but he honestly deserves it. Like there's on the I read on the fifteenth of June he wrote a letter to the UK government calling on them to end UK child poverty. This isn't he's not just tweeting. No he's actually he's going out of his way to do this. It's not um it's not like virtue signaling. It's yeah genuine activism. Like he's actually going out trying to make a change. But like it is it is it is really good to see someone use their influence for something quite positive. Because he is like because he's a footballer, he kind of has more of an influence, and like because he's well known, and so it's kind of he has this platform, and he's using it to, to its most kind of most positive thing he could do. And I suppose he realizes that the majority of his fans are children. Yeah, and the whole thing is he doesn't want them to go through the same experiences that he did. Because. He was lucky. He got to get out of it. Yeah, the, more, the majority that, of them would say that. But it is. It's you're seeing a lot more of this now in sport. Like there's, there's a lot of kind of almost leaders are coming to the front. Like he's doing this. And if you look to America, with the NBA, and how kind of LeBron James kind of spearheaded them everything to like everything sports involvement with the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. So how they. They continually, and they're doing it in the Premier League as well before kickoff every game. But in the NBA, they all continually took a knee during the national anthem. Well, I saw they um, had all throughout the crowd, United We Stand, all this like United Against against Hatred. It really, for me, it's someone who hasn't watched the match before, really showed this like, thing of like we we don't support what's going on however i do think it's a bit weird because football and we'll probably discuss this in another episode football i've seen is one of the most racist um cultures but there was that what was that thing a, a year ago maybe a few years ago uh on a on a tube station on the tube oh, like oh, yeah. after a match yeah. someone got bed up uh are you thinking of the chelsea fans wouldn't let a PSG fan onto the tube because he was black. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the thing. The thing is, it's so, it, it kind of, yeah, you're right. Football is, has an inherently racist culture. Um, but it, it, what you're seeing now, it started in the NBA and they like, because obviously basketball is a predominantly African-American sport, the players, and they had, they had the time in the bubble that they made during the virus where they put them put all the players out in Orlando. And that's where they played the rest of the season. And, like, no one got in, no one got out. Um, they had the time to kind of come up with stuff to do. And, like, they boycott games. And these are playoff games. These are huge. Like, these are the big ones. And they, the teams would boycott them because I think it was it was after George Floyd. I think it was Breonna Bre- uh, Taylor's murder, I think, yes. is what sparked it. And so they, like, games were boycotted. They're the ones that started it. And then what I think has happened... Obviously, football has always had a has always had stuff for like no room for racism and all this, but it's been propelled now because of what like people like LeBron James and the NBA are doing, and so now it's kind of they have to do it. Obviously, obviously, like it is good. Obviously, it's good that they're doing it, and like, but I just sometimes question, particularly with football, like a lot. You see, in a lot of sports, like the NFL did, and the NFL is horrendous as well. Yeah. 
Like Colin Kaepernick lost his job because of what he did. Do you know who he is? It, it, no. He, he took a knee four years ago, I think, uh, during the national anthem. And he hasn't played a game of American Oh, was this in the American football? Yeah. Oh, I know this. Trump went insane over it, didn't he? Yeah. 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 He's he's the focal point. And this is this is a domino, basically. Before we finish, what have you learned from football this week? Uh the first thing I've learned is that um Marcus Rashford deserves all our praise and he is an angel surrounded by devils. And the second thing I've learned is that um, Donny van der Beek is hated and that Chelsea are very good at 69ing. Um, so we can leave it there then. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We will actually be back next week because, you know, we've done it once, we've done it twice. We might as well go for the treble. Uh, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. See you later.